You're listening to an audio dispatch from No Borders Media. On this dispatch, we get a grassroots community-based response to the recent racist comments by Toronto City Councillor George Mamaliti. Referring to the poor, working-class immigrant neighbourhood around Jane and Finch in Toronto, Mamaliti, speaking to a far-right media outlet, said the following about people involved with crime and social housing. I see it like spraying down a building full of cockroaches. Scatter them, evict them, get them out of Jane and Finch completely. For a response, No Borders Media spoke with Butterfly Sabrina Gopal, a community organizer with Jane Finch Action Against Poverty and a news correspondent for janefinch.com. This interview was recorded on August 17th, 2018. This is a No Borders Media Dispatch, and I'm on the line with Butterfly Sabrina Gopal, uh, Butterfly is a news correspondent for uh, news correspondent for JaneFinch.com. She's also an organizer with Jane Finch Action Against Poverty. Butterfly, welcome to No Borders Media. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Butterfly, there's a particular pretext and reason why I'm phoning you today. But before getting into that, um, I'd like you to talk about the neighborhood, Jane Finch, um, for people who maybe aren't familiar with it, or even people who are in Toronto and just get a lot of hype, uh, talk to us about this neighborhood and this identity of the Jane and Finch area in in, in Toronto. Sure. Uh, so the Jane and Finch uh, neighborhood is located in the northwest of uh, the city. Um, and uh, communities, housing communities, were, were built in response to moving racialized immigrants from the downtown core, Regent Park, uh, one of the first housings in, in Toronto, to the suburbs. Um, and I think historically the Jane and Finch neighborhood um, has been misrepresented. Um, in the 80s, this neighborhood was a strong working class uh, community. Um, and now we see, um, you know, 30 years ahead, um, how struggling um, and um, it's not just, uh, it's structural pieces um, that's happening in this neighborhood. Um, this neighborhood's made up of uh, over 120 different nationalities, um, languages spoken all over the world. It's known as the melting pot um, of North America, um, bringing immigrants from all over the world. Um, uh, it's a vibrant community. Um, it's a, a community that is, you know, a high percentage of elders and a high percentage of children and youth. Um, uh, and it's the neighborhood that, that I've been in since the 80s. Uh, I've lived in this neighborhood all my life. Uh, I've raised um, my eldest son's 23 and I have a, a younger one that's five. Um, and I choose to live in this neighborhood. Um, I identify to the people um, I feel safe in this neighborhood. Um, there's a resilience of people that, that are organizing in this neighborhood. Um, but, but it has received a, a bad rap. Um, it's been over-policed for many decades. Um, the social housing has been a target of uh, police brutality, um, racism. Um, so it, it, it's, 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 it's very layered, the Jane and Finch community, but it, it's like any other neighborhood. You've got a strong working class uh, people, um, or not strong working class anymore. Our, our workers are dealing with precarity in, in, in jobs, contract work, temp agency, met like labor exploitation. 
there's a lot of issues in our neighborhood. Our education system's falling apart. Um, uh, but the neighborhood's also situated in, you know, it, it's close to York University, close to highways. There's beautiful ravines. Um, uh, so it, it's also a neighborhood that um, is uh, being looked at for gentr gentrification for many years. Um, we've got subways that are now built in the neighborhood. Um, so there's a lot of different pieces that are happening all at once. Um, and it's really going to impact um, racialized people in this neighborhood. Butterfly, I, um, I grew up in a, a neighborhood also in North York called uh, Don Valley Village. Although actually growing up there, I didn't know it was called Don Valley Village. We, we just called it Pina Plaza because <laughs> um, that was the local plaza. And it, it was, it's similar in many ways to how you describe um, Jane and Finch. Um, incredible diversity. It's sort of a community where new migrants settle. Um, folks who, who get rich move on to the other suburbs in the 905, but a lot of people just make their lives there. My mom stayed in that, is, is still in that neighborhood after 30 years. And as you mentioned, people who had some level of stability um, with okay paying jobs or jobs that you know had some level of um, constancy to them that's finished um, but the difference between I guess Don Valley Village or the Pina Plaza and Jane and Finch is Jane and Finch has this whole media rep the the same poverty the same kinds of problems that you see in any neighborhood where you have a certain level of precarity happens everywhere but Jane and Finch gets this this extra rap um, uh, constantly and not just from right wing media but if there's gun violence in Jane and Finch it takes on a higher proportion in the media eyes than in, in any other neighborhood. So talk to that reality. What's that all about? The issues existed way before. Um, I mean, I, I started organizing. Um, you've heard, I mean, there, there's even documentaries that were made um, with the interactions with Toronto, with 31 Division and, and the Black community in, in social housing. Um, so I think it, it started before, um, but when we look at it now, it, it's, it's a challenge to kind of figure out, like, why is it just Jaden Finch? I mean, if something happens at Chalk Farm on the media, they'll say Jaden Finch. That's that Jane and Wilson, and that's two intersections south. Um, I think the reality is it, it's, it's all coordinated in, in, this, in this hatred. Um, attacking racialized people as, you know, their threats to, to, to white people's jobs, to um, the, this, this idea that people are, are gangbangers out here. And, and it, it's, I mean, I went to school for journalism and I had a hard time being in the program and, and how they wanted to tell, how, how they wanted me to tell the story. And, and that's why I walked away from it. It's so rooted in people's experiences that it, it's, it's systemic and structural. Um, but why, why Jaden Finch has this rap? Like, it, it's racism. I mean, it, it's easy to demonize poor people to legitimize work, working conditions, to legitimize policies. To legitimize, you know, why are our students failing with the same curriculum under the same board while we see other students, you know, excelling? It, it's it's a it's a, an attack on on 
on black and brown and immigrant and indigenous people in the city of Toronto. And it's been very subtle. And, and now we're in a day of age where, you know, hatred could be spewed in, in mainstream media and, and it's, it's okay. Well, it seems like just like uh, Muslims are a scapegoat right now, and just like uh, migrants who are crossing the border irregularly are a scapegoat, poor neighborhoods, poor diverse working class, uh, racialized neighborhoods like Jane and Finch and others also become um, a place for populist politicians and right-wingers to sort of have scapegoats and come up with easy solutions. And perhaps, um, well, definitely one of the grossest examples of that is our recent comments just a few days ago by the city councillor in that area, George Mamaliti, who's sort of done the rounds of all the political parties. He used to be an NDP or a liberal, now he's sort of a conservative. Yeah. But he, he's aligned himself with Ford Nation in many ways, even though he's had conflicts with them. But his comments on a far-right media outlet were just outrageous. And for people who don't know what he said, he, he compared people living in Jane and Finch projects to cockroaches. He said... I see it like spraying down a building of cockroaches, scatter them, evict them, get them out of Jane and Finch completely. This is fascistic kind of talk when you're comparing human beings to insects and talking about scattering them. Uh, it's just horrible, horrible language. Um, uh, racist language, in my opinion. So um, you're somebody who, who feels this um, viscerally. You live in the hood. You know what, what kind of consequences this has. So talk about um, how you felt and your reaction to those comments by... This counselor, Mamaliti, who's actually going to be rerunning for re-election in that area, um, not just Jane, Jane Finch, but surrounding area in, 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 short, in, uh, in November. So um, talk about that, um, those comments. Just so hurtful, you know. This, these are like my neighbors, the people I see on the street. Four or five o'clock in the morning, you see bus stops, you know, filled with people trying to get to work, you know, trying to live their life trying to raise their family and 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 you minimize us like it's just the most hurtful disgusting you thing to say to people about people your your constituency your possible constituency it's disgusting um our communities are are so diverse and so rich and you know, and, and the sad thing is, you know, not the everyday person's going to hear hear this, you know, like, and, and be able to talk about this and and and, and put it into context. Um, I, I'm also a community worker, and I hear people's struggles and how resilient they are and creative and trying to make things, you know, ends meet and still support their neighbor. These are people that are precarious housing that have. You know all all sorts of barriers and challenges in their life and and but they still have so much love like these are people that that he's talking about. He identified neighborhoods like he he named neighborhoods. He took gratification that half of the federal committee uh, community was not down under his watch, and his homeowners are excited. And, 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 and so happy that, that, that he did this work. There are hundreds of people that are, have been displaced from their communities. And there's still like 300 more people. And, and how he was so, like, how it was so simple for him to, to refer to this 1% of social housing population, like, was, was just so disgusting. Like, 
no, the reality is our neighborhood is over policed and and people are catching charges all in all different ways. People are, are blocked in different employment opportunities. I'm not saying it's just complicated. People need to survive. And when you back people up and you take away any possible opportunity and our housing's falling apart and they can't get back into the schools, people need to survive. So it, it's not just one-sided. And how he's attacking the issue is so surface and so problematic. This neighborhood's been excluded for decades because of these people, these people who represented these neighborhoods. Resources haven't been allocated equitably in our neighborhood. We've been excluded from the rest of the city, racialized communities like Jane and Finch. And for him to simplify and, and, and attack people and be so race, like, it's just, there's a lot of, on the line for this election. You know, you're, you're a community organizer, and, and you've clearly literally been around the block a few times. Um, I've been involved in community organizing, but, you know, and so you sort of get jaded about what politicians and cops and everybody are capable of, but this is pretty stunning what Mamalini said, but one of the sort of, contradictions, especially playing out in Toronto, is people like Mamaliti or the so-called Ford Nation, previously Rob Ford, um, more so than his brother, who's now the premier, would, would often get support from within those communities. Or maybe they did. Maybe that's overrated. But I'm just wondering if you could speak to that that reality, too, about how how a lot of the the root causes of what, what we're talking about here, poverty, uh, over-policing, um, lack of opportunity, you know, rooted in uh, historical injustices that all ends up being distracted by these sort of politicians who come in, come in with easy answers and sort of horrible politicians of the type of Ford or, or Mamaliti. So, can you talk about that reality? Both both of those people I'm talking about, Mamaliti and Rob Ford, are from the sort of same area of Toronto, northwest uh, mm-hmm. northwest Toronto within the 416. So, um, what's that all about? <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> Um, I, and I, I asked that, to be fair, I asked that knowing that basically a lot of us racialized working class folks with some links to Toronto, either living there or from there, have been speculating about this for the last 10 years. Um, we, we, we know, I think one thing we share is that there's a, there is a general skepticism of how people feel like downtown urban folks, generally racialized as white, kind of look down upon people living out in the so-called suburbs. But um, that still doesn't quite explain this this fucked up reality of people sometimes putting their <laughs> hopes in Ford or what have you. Well, I mean, okay. if I could just start with the positive. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, our neighborhood has been represented by liberal for for many decades, and um, I came. I, I, I my parents are Guyanese, um, and they came into this country during uh, Trudeau time, and. And, you know, this historical kind of relationship, like, I mean, this community, in, in Ward 8, we have a huge Guyanese population. And, you know, the, the idea that, you know, our community doesn't vote, I mean, in comparison to the rest of the city, I, you know, I, I think these are, like, larger conversations. Um, but I think historically, you know, people voted because of loyalty, because of trust and and. You know, but at the same time, I know my family is very political, too. So that analysis when, you know, when I would debate with my dad was, 
you know, we would get to a point where I just stopped, you know, because like, it, it's just this kind of blind loyalty with, 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 with I think, Caribbean people. Um, well, I, and, and in our neighborhood, sorry. I'm, I'm, um, my mother and myself, we're, we're South Asian origin, and the same reality exists, right? Um, uh, you know, the joke is you don't, you don't count the votes for the liberals, you, you weigh them because it's just like this loyalty that's, that, that's been eroded, <laughs> but that definitely plays out in a lot of communities, this, this loyalty and gratefulness for um, a certain openness to immigration that people saw in the 70s right. and the early 80s that got clawed back, and the liberals are part of that clawback, but that perception that uh, Trudeau was, uh, was all right. Absolutely. Right. So like, you know, and I think it, in our neighborhood in the last provincial elections, there was finally that shift where, where an NDP got in. And I think that had a lot to do with the groundwork that was also happening, you know, talking about the issues, you know, talking about housing, talking about good jobs, talking about, and, and and really starting to to organize around the issues. Um, and over ten years, uh, I, I think working on the ground and working with with JFAP, these shifts had had slowly happened. But I mean, it, it took like ten years for for these shifts to happen. So, I, in terms of in, in the day and age that we're in, we we don't have that time. Um, and that puts a lot of pressure on communities like this who are already under pressure. I mean, every kind of freeze that Ford has done is going to impact our community and communities like this first. So why does our neighbor or our community vote in this particular way? Um, during the last municipal elections, I, I um, ran for school board trustee and and I did the door-to-door, and I talked to people, and people just wanted to talk about Ford. Uh, they didn't give, you know, they didn't give a shit about my campaign. You know, maybe how old am I? You look young. Like, but it went to Ford every time. Every time. What do you think about him? And, and he's like an everyday kind of person to them. And even... With you're talking about up, you're talking about Rob Ford, Rob Ford, right? Not Rob Doug. Rob Ford. Yeah. Rob Ford. Yeah. But I think that's that's like I think that started that kind of relatableness in pol- in politicians. You know that he would call, you could call him, and he would come, right? And, and I and, and and it was okay that like I would talk about you know what happened in Rexdale, or I, you know what I mean. But people didn't want to engage in those conversations. And now we have, like, you know, this kind of open, like, no platform, just, you know, uh, I'm here for the people, like, you know, these kind of catchphrases. Like, I don't know if people, I think people are all in different places in, in their political engagement. But I think people are also kind of like, this is different, this is, like, you know, like, Like, I don't know what it is. Like, when I talk to people, it seems like he, like, you know, he's personal and he's, you know, but people aren't making the connections to the impacts of of what is happening. Well, in a mass way, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's conversations like JFAP's right now trying to, you know, organize and have these conversations on how do we proceed knowing that 
there's this wave of politics with Trump and, 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 and Ford and, and like, and this hate is so, I, I don't like, I, I, I have a hard time myself, but I mean, people don't want to get deeper into the issues when like, when, when, yeah, like people just kind of like the sensationalized parts of it and, I don't, I, I have no idea, brother, comrade. I'm like struggling out here. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, I think this reality we're talking about, uh, Jane and Finch is just a microcosm, what's playing out in working class and specifically racialized working class neighborhoods all over North America. People are discombobulated. And um, in those settings, fuckers like Fords or Trumps, Trumps less so in the US, but they, they can, um, they can, um, take advantage of that. And of course, the other dynamic is the loyalty to sort of this traditional party in the U.S. and inner cities. Or it's the Democratic Party here in, in certain parts of Toronto and elsewhere. It's the Liberal Party. And now that that's broken apart, people are discombobulated. And there aren't any easy answers. Actually, I think there's sort of a political reset happening right now. And um, that's part of the reason I wanted to explore this with you. And clearly, people on the far right of the spectrum, and I would consider what Mamaliti said and where he said it on a far right media outlet, to be a far right person, they're not hesitating to sort of demonize those communities for cheap political gain. So, um, Butterfly... No, there's, um, a, there's a lot of gain for him, right? <laughs> like, he he's in developers' pockets. So, gentrifying this neighborhood, I mean, he's very clear about that being his plan. Um, we've known that we were being gentrified for for many decades, um, and through political resident, you know, action, we've been able to to hold back. Um, but this is like an outward attack that our neighborhoods are going to be gentrified, and um, and I mean, you know, we're seeing it with the rent. We're seeing we're seeing it all in different ways with, with residents in the neighborhood. Well, Butterfly, um, uh, you're an organizer with uh, JFAB, Jane okay. Finch Action Against Poverty. I'd like to thank you for taking the time to speak, and I'm sure in the coming months uh, we'll, we'll reevaluate some of this stuff. Uh, those of us organizing in different cities um, and also working in independent media need to sort of share this, and even, even though we don't have uh, clear answers now, it's the process that counts. And uh, maybe uh, you know comments like what Mamalini said are a good kicking the ass to uh, to get us to to better organize and to think these things out so thanks for taking the time to to speak on uh, no borders media thanks so much take care thanks You were listening to an interview with Butterfly Sabrina Gopal, a community organizer with Jane Finch Action Against Poverty, and a news correspondent for janefinch.com. She was responding to recent racist comments by Toronto City Councillor George Mamaliti. No Borders Media, based in Toronto and Montreal, is an autonomous left-wing media network. We share and create content that supports the struggles of communities in resistance with a focus on the self-determination struggles of Indigenous peoples, migrants, refugees, and working-class people of colour. We're in opposition to capitalism and colonialism. Some current focuses include migrant justice, resistance to borders, anti-fascism, and anarchism. We are in the early stages of our independent media project. To stay in touch, send us an email at nobordersmedianetwork at gmail.com or look for No Borders Media on Facebook. Much more to come in the coming weeks and months.